Well, what's up, everybody? How we doing? Everybody doing good? How many, how, many be, how many of you have enjoyed these app sessions? Haven't they been so good, so helpful? That's it. Excited for this final app session. And uh, hey, if I haven't had a chance to meet you, my name is Brian Cromer, and I'm the lead pastor of Queen City Church in Cincinnati, Ohio, Ark Church number 782. We just launched uh, this September, 30 weeks ago. And uh, we love Ark with all our heart, and, uh, and we love Ark because of pastors just like Pastor Jimmy, and um, we're so excited for this, for this session, and um, man, I just want to just honor you in front of everybody in here. Thank you so much for your authenticity and your, uh, just your challenging word that God gave you. It took so much courage. And I love you, man. I'm so thankful for you. And, and if you don't know Pastor Jimmy, him and his wife, Irene, Classic Life-Giving Church in South Baltimore, uh, Maryland, called I-5 City Church. And here's one thing that I love so much. Ever since I've gotten to know Pastor Jimmy, I know how much he loves you, how much he loves pastors. And so he actually, they, he, they've started a, a, a ministry that really reaches pastors called, called Red and, and Red Leaders. And we're just so thankful for you and your investment. And I'm telling you, it's going to be great. It's going like the next hour of your life is going to be like taking a sip of water out of a fire hydrant. You know what I'm saying? So get your notepads ready. Maybe just turn on the recording app because you may not be able to take notes fast enough. And why don't we clap our hands and honor Pastor Jimmy? What's up, everybody? How you doing? Good, good, good. Have y'all just loved this conference this year? I think it's, I need a little bit better than that. Come on, somebody. I think this has been an absolutely amazing, uh, just the, 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 the spirit that is here uh, this year. It just feels like even like this, I know this, I'm, I'm in on the planning, so to hear family vibes, but to actually feel it, you know, and, I, and we want you to feel it, and we want you to know how you feel it is not, uh, it doesn't matter with like how close you sit to the front. Like how you feel it is the people that you vibe with that are in the seats that are right next to you. You are ARC. If you're here, you are ARC. To meet ARC, you are ARC. So say hello to one another. Because um, we just love on each other. We just love on each other. And so a lot of times when you come, how many of you are not an ARC church at all? It's not an ARC church. Raise your hand. Okay. All right. That didn't help. I thought that would help me a little bit better for my message, um, my talk. How many of you are? Okay. But you're in a changed culture. I'm trying to figure that out. Right? How do we change the culture of a church? Right? And so I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to get a, just a good understanding of uh, how many of you are coming from a denominational background or you're, you're coming into ARC or how many of you have a church context that you've already been and you're trying to revitalize. So just like shake your head if me if this is making sense. Because I uh, that I want to do, and I, and I think one will, we'll just kind of do both, and then I thought it'd be cool to do Q&A, is that, because you don't want to hear me just talk for a long time, I promise you, I got ADHD and I'll be all over the place, <laughs> and my pill is wearing off from this morning, <laughs> it's very true, um, but welcome to our, our family here at ARC, uh, we love you, on behalf of all of our lead team, uh, Pastor Greg and Pastor Dino and Pastor Chris, welcome our Church of the Highlands. Can we just give it up for all the Church of the Highlands team and staff? And Absolutely amazing. And uh, as I said, before we jump in, I do have a, a network that we're starting. Uh, we, it, is, it started big quick. Uh, and so uh, we, we, we hold a conference every year uh, called the Red Leaders uh, One Day. 
Uh, it'll be somewhere, we, we haven't decided the date yet because ARC hasn't decided their date yet uh, next year. And we always want to make sure that we're uh, not too close to ARC. Uh, it's in Baltimore, it's at our church at I-5 City. Um, and uh, we had, we just had it uh, a couple weeks ago and myself, Pastor Daniel Floyd, Pastor Carl Lentz was there, Pastor Dino Rizzo, uh, it was absolutely awesome. And there's only 700, and so but we keep it small on purpose. And, and, I, and I love this, I don't know what kind of church context you're, uh, you, you come from, but 15 pastors got baptized in the Holy Spirit at the conference, which I thought was really cool. Um, and uh, one specific, this Baptist, really amazing, because he's like, why am I here, like early? Uh, and then by the end of the conference, man, just God just slam dunked them. You know what I mean? I love it. I love when, when God does that. And so we want to invite you to that. And then our network is starting in September. Uh, and so you'll be able to sign up and be a part of that if you want to be a part of that. And we do uh, drive-throughs at our church. Uh, and so, like, there's certain things that we're doing in the network. Uh, it's about 15 pastors that are helping me lead it. Uh, and then we're doing drive-throughs where your teams, your staff can come uh, at specific dates. And just, if you're part of the network, and just bring everyone and, and for two days just go through. And you don't want to learn from me, uh, like, the actual system. You want to learn from me the vision wise because my team is much smarter than I am. And so I'm going to just give you a, a quick leadership. So if you don't get anything uh, from me uh, in this session, and, this, and, and, and I think this, this will help determine culture at your church. This will help determine the context of how you do church. And so if there's one thought that I have, uh, that first thought is this, is you better know what you're not good at in order for you to be good at something. You better know what you're not good at. And, and if you were to come to our church, uh, we're always championing everyone else. We always say, man, this guy's a great leader. We have a speaking team at our church, and uh, I speak at our church 23, uh, this past year, 23 Sundays a year, last year, and we grew 25% because I know what I'm not. I don't lead staff meetings because I know what I'm not. I don't hire employees because they never stay because I always trump the process. Um, and so... I, the best leaders are the leaders that know they're not the best leaders. So my kind of idea, just to give you some scripture, if, if his power is perfected in our weaknesses, then why are we so, why do we spend so much time trying to show everyone our powers rather than our weaknesses so we, we can be perfected and acquainted with God's power? And so I'm, I'm not Pastor Chris. I know what I'm not. I'm, I'm Pastor Jimmy. I know I'm not Mekon Carter. I'm Pastor Jimmy. I know what I'm not. I know I'm not Jeremy Foster, even though I'm better looking. But I just know what I'm not. And so before we jump into culture, uh, you, you, you cannot build your church uh, or the church that God has put in your heart to build or to, or, to, or to do or to plant unless you know what you're not. Because if you don't know what you're not, you'll overcompensate. You'll overcompensate. And so... Uh, we're going to talk about church culture, and, and I, I decided as I was up here which talk I was going to give, and uh, I'm going to give you kind of the, the lessons of changing culture. How many of you have some things in your church that you want to change, right, or your ministry that you want to change? How many of you just want to stay exactly the same? Anyone? Just, it's great. It's like you're winning. So everyone wants change, right? I, I, here, here's a thought when we're, when we're talking about culture. You can't talk about culture without talking about change. People don't hate change. They hate the way people change. People don't hate change. They hate the way people change. Change is an anointing. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about 
how I stunk at change. So you get to learn from all of my mess-ups. Because when we went from, we, I didn't plant our church, we, we relaunched my parents' church. Now, to give you some context of that, uh, <laughs> let me tell you something. Changing people's minds about church is one thing. Changing black folks' minds about church is a whole nother level. Uh, Y'all think I'm playing. It's real. I, I introduced change. I was Lucifer himself. And so when we're, when we're, when we're talking about change, we, we have to pray that God give us an anointing to lead it. There's, 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 there's nothing worse than a leader who has a vision to change, but not an anointing to walk people through it. So how do we walk people through it? I just burped. I don't know if y'all saw that. <laughs> I'm as real as they come. I spent 20 years in ministry being fake, and I can't do it anymore. I'm so tired of it. So people say, man, oh, you're so vulnerable. I don't know how to not be. Because I, I just, I know what I'm not now. I'm not good at being fake. And so... I think when we're talking about change and having this anointing to change, we have to be in God's presence and, and ask God to help us be change agents that bring people through a process that blesses them, not a process that stresses them. Here's a couple things about change that I have found about change is people are genuinely change fatigued. Three changes. So you make three changes in your church, they're fatigued. And so I pastored, I led with my parents' church. I was executive pastor there. Uh, they, they launched a church or planted a church. It wasn't called that. They just started a church. Back then, 1994, I'm 45 years old. I, I served them. Uh, Y'all something like, he ain't 45. Black don't crack. We, we, uh, so a guy came up to me and says, man, you young guys are killing it. And I was older than him. weird. <laughs> so I, I just gave him a pass and said, man, it's okay. Black don't crack. Um, don't ever say that if you're white. <laughs> you got to have an anointing <laughs> change. So I'm going to give you some lessons, but I pastored there and, and we were traditional African-American church. Uh, great church. Spirit of God. Awesome uh, kind of a hodgepodge, a non-denominational church, charismatic, Pentecostal, a uh, little crazy. Um, it's okay, y'all can laugh. You know, chairs on the stage, long services, you know, three or four sermons, three or four uh, sometimes uh, offerings. Um, <laughs> depending if, they had to, if the Mercedes needed tires or not. Um, I'm joking, that is so bad. Uh, and the Lord put in our heart to, to plant a, a life-giving church. And, and me and my wife had a good idea that we would go to Miami, like, and start a church. Now, this is in 2012, so there was no VU Church. Come on, somebody. Uh, so it probably wouldn't have been a good idea because this wouldn't have been a good idea. God idea. Oh, that'll preach, too, if it's a good idea or a God idea. We'll come back to that. Uh, and so uh, I was in the Rift Valley uh, in uh, Nairobi, Kenya. We have an orphanage, the I-5 City uh, Center there uh, in Nairobi, and I was traveling to Nakuru to preach, and we broke down in the, uh, the Rift Valley is not breaking down in the hood. The Rift Valley is not breaking down in Birmingham, which is not the hood. 
The Rift Valley is breaking down in the, in the safari. And there's no fences. And there's animals. And I'm the slowest and looked like a good meal. <laughs> so I stayed in this car while the skinny, fast guys with the tight jeans, they ran around. And for three hours, broken down, the Lord downloaded the vision of what we now call I-5 City in my heart. Uh, and one of the things that he told me, and I don't mean to be offensive to anyone, but this is how the Holy Spirit has to speak to me. I need to hear it. I've not called you to birth a baby. I've called, you, I've, calls, I've called you to resurrect the dead. And so change agents are resurrectors. We are resurrecting. We are, uh, one of the things about change, we are remixing. I like that word, remix. Somebody say remix. Come on, y'all got a black preacher. I'm going to make you talk to your neighbor today. I had 22 minutes early. Y'all know how hard that is? That's normally my introduction. I was sweating past Chris on the front row. If I go a second over, I'm like, I'm they're going to kick me out, you know? That was hard. And so I was thinking about this and... Uh, uh, this remix, I, I love the thought of remix. And so and rather than saying that your ideas are the best, we're going we're gonna to say that I want to remix some things. Like So, so change agents have an anointing to, to soften the blow of what they want to do because they've thought about it, they've prayed about it, and they realize that, that old ideas aren't bad, new ideas are just different. It's not bad what everyone else is doing. It's just different. And so different yields different results. So what I love about the thought of remixing something is that you're taking a little bit of what was and you're putting a little bit of what's new together and you're making a new track. So we, instead of talking about changing our culture, we're going to talk about remixing our culture. And so what I love about the ark and the family and grow and, 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 and all of this is that no matter what you're doing as a church, you can remix Come on, somebody, the best of what everyone else does with the best of who you are. So we're not changing everything. We're not getting rid of everything. We're just remixing it. Come on, somebody, put a new beat to it. Right? We're going to remix it. We're going to put a new track to it. We're going we're gonna to put a, little, put a little gravy on it. We're going to put a little swag on it. We're going we're gonna to pimp it up a little bit. Come on, I'm not, that's, I hope that doesn't fit anyone. That's just pimp my ride, TV. <laughs> Some of y'all need to pimp your church. Don't say that from the platform. But we're going to remix. So here's the problem is, is we have a new generation that thinks all of their ideas are the best ideas. We have an old generation that can't stand the new generation because the new generation doesn't have an anointing to change. And the old generation doesn't have an anointing to let go. And so we have this tension of who's right and who's wrong, and we don't realize that, watch this, that you cannot have success without succession. Here's the thing about I don't run track, but we have a track program. Why are y'all laughing? I might, I might be a sprinter. We have a track program at our church, and everyone can't wait until the relay, the 400 relay. I mean, the, the four by one. So that's 100 yards, I mean, 100 meters around the track, and they pass the baton. Somebody say baton. Here's the thing about passing a baton. 
It's critical that it's not dropped. Because if it's dropped, you're disqualified. It's critical that you stay in your lane. Because if you get outside of your lane, you're disqualified. But what we don't realize, in the, in the relay, there is a certain distance where the baton has to be passed effectively, where the old generation is watching the new generation run ahead with what they gave them, and the old generation is not looking back in the confidence of the past generation, and the old generation has to stop and watch them go. The great thing about a relay is, is no matter how the baton has been passed, both win in the end. So I'm trying to help you understand that you wanted me to come and give you ideas, but ideas don't matter unless you first have the anointing to change. So I did a lot wrong. I changed it. I'll tell you how I changed our church. Don't do this. All right? Uh, <laughs> we, I hired the construction company and the uh, the 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 graphic company and the environment company with who could change it in a week. So they went from flags on the walls, chairs on the stage, long services, white walls, no lights on, full lights on, no haze, no nothing, to the next week. <laughs> Boo. To the next week what we were doing, and, 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 I, and, I, and I realized that, you ready to change agents? Don't ever do a what until you've understood, taught, walked people through the why. Why? Why lights? No one had an idea why we were doing it. They just, I just, and I'm, honestly, I was young and dumb, and it was, my ideas are better at my parents' church. So if you have, if you change wrong, I would say 80% of the wounds as a leader that you'll endure will be self-inflicted. Self-inflicted. That means it's your fault. You didn't lead people through change. And so, don't do that. So here's a thought. Let me give you some lessons. First lesson is I already said it. Right, don't, don't you love preachers when you, when you jump ahead, then you don't got nothing to go back to? Any of y'all ever do that? Oh, y'all just awesome. Y'all just perfect preachers? I almost did that this morning. But people don't dislike change. They dislike how we change. Uh, understand that... People like their sacred cows. People like their pink elephants, right? So we as a church, Living Waters Worship Center, went to I-5 City with no church. Word on the end. They introduced me as I-5 City Church. That's not the name of our church. The name of our church is I-5 City. Now, in my heart, idea came from when Jesus has this conversation with 
Peter and his disciples and says, who do men say that I am? And they say, some say, you say, you're that. And you know, in your context, whatever your community is, some, what are people saying Jesus is through your interpretation of who he is? And Peter has a revelation and he says, man, I, uh, come on, y'all. First of all, I'm, work, I'm working on a sermon series called, you mean Peter? Like, like y- y'all don't steal it until I preach. <laughs> you mean Peter? And I'm talking about the one who walked on water and took his eyes off of Jesus, the one that Jesus would said, Satan, get behind me, Satan, the one who would deny Jesus three times. You mean Peter has a revelation? Can I tell you in change, with change, you can't have so much information that you fail to have a revelation who God is in the change. What does God want to do through the change? Who are we trying to reach with the change? Why change anyway? Is what we're changing working? Is it not working? Is it just my good idea or a God idea? I've got to flesh all that out before I make a change because people will see the what, not understand the why, and guess what? Change won't be effective. I'm sorry, I told myself I would teach. Right? And so we're changing cultures. Anyone getting anything from this so far? I want to make sure. Okay? And so understand for us, we were changing. And here's the deal. Here's why I wanted to change our church's name. I wanted to change our church's name because when you hear Living Waters Worship Center in our city, you determine what it is. It's that black church. That do, that, that's the way they do church. It's been around forever. I didn't want to change because I thought the name was cooler, although it was and still is. I wanted to change because I didn't want our name to be a presentation. I wanted our name to be a conversation. And so I named it I-5. Why I-5? Why not Impact Church? Because there's tons of Impact Churches. Don't name your church I-3, I-6, I-7. They ain't going to work. I named it I-5 because in Matthew chapter 25, Jesus has a conversation and he asks another question. He says, when I was hungry, did you feed me? When I was thirsty, did you give me a drink? When I was a stranger, did you invite me in? When I was naked, did you clothe me? When I was sick in prison, did you care for me? Food, water, shelter, clothing, care. Five missional points of the ministry of Jesus. Now let's impact the world, I, in five ways. But guess what? I didn't know how to communicate the why before the what. So my God idea looked like a Jimmy Young punk idea because I didn't have the anointing to change. My change was annoying. I'm trying to help some people. And I never forget my daughter at the time. She's 18. She'll be here at Highlands College next year. Come on, rep Highlands College real quick. Come on, somebody. I said, what? She says, one day your ideas are going to suck and I'm going to change them. Your good idea right now, think of your best idea right now. Ready? It's one generation relevant. One generation relevant. One generation relevant. Right now, your best idea is one generation. You go ahead and maximize it now because it's going to suck in the next generation. It'll be old. It'll be worn out. Right? So don't be so mindful even of your change idea that you get out of your lane that you go past allowance of the handoff and that you want the next generation to hand it off to you in a great way, but you won't hand it off to somebody else in a great way. How do we change 
Well, here's a great thing right here. Are you changing because your last situation was horrible? Or are you changing because God has ordained you to change? Let me say it this way. Every transition starts with an ending and ends with an It's deep. Y'all like, hold on, let me stop. Slow, slow down. <laughs> slow down. Every transition, it starts with an ending and ends with a new beginning, which also tells me this, that how I end is how I'll begin. So some of you want to plant a church. We want you to plant a church. We want you to plant a church healthy and be sent, not plant a church mad and left. Because you will start how you end it. Oh, I'm preaching. I'm preaching better than y'all receiving right there. I meet so many guys who want to start a church and all they are is mad and unlast the last church they were at. Change is not upset. Change is not... You know, Jesus was like, he was changed. Like, everywhere he went, he changed atmospheres. Everywhere he went, he changed. And, and there was only one time I can find where he's angry. He changed and flipped the table over and flipped the change. Ah, oh, uh-huh. We got to flip how we change. I'm pre I just dropped Revelation. Y'all yeah, missed it. I was like, right here, the white people going to get it right here. I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. I also teach on diversity, so I'll, I'll, I'll slide that in. So people don't dislike change. They dislike how we change. Do we get that now? Okay. I didn't change well. I didn't change staff well. When I was ready to change and I got mad at you, you're fired. Like I don't, I'm, but I'm not an HR person. So my wife was like, stay out of that because people don't like our church. So I think that I'm going to keep going back to this. If you want to change, that's great, but know what you're not because here's the deal. If you in your life and your area and your heart don't uh, accept the fact that you need change, you can't have an anointing to change anything else. So check this out, right? So when I first started, when I was changing from the old school church, now we used to have church all day. Y'all know what I'm talking about with a fish fry on the end. Somebody, and it ain't McDonald's. It wasn't the new Chick-fil-A fish sandwich, although it's good, ours is better, Right? I mean, it, we, we were changing, and, 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 and I mean, it, was, it, was, it was great, but I'm, I'm trying to tell you, navigating that, that, that in-between, navigating how do we, how do, we do this in a, in a fruitful way where we don't realize that people's sacred cows, and it, like, like it's not all bad, like people have been indoctrinated a certain way, and, and, and I'm going to a story, and I'm so glad my pill just kicked in, so all of that was segue for me to remember what I was going to say. And it goes back to Peter. And Jesus says to Peter, Peter says, I got a revelation. And then Jesus says, I will build my church. I don't see a construction company show up. I don't see a worship team show up. I don't see different kinds of music show up. I don't see a planning team come together. He says, no, I've already built my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against the church I built. What I need you to do, Peter, is be my church. Oh, y'all missed it right there. What I'm saying is God was not building something for Peter to, to go to once a week. He was not building something for Peter to show up at. He was building something in Peter to be every single 
day. And here's the deal. We have to, when you're talking about change and changing culture, it's not about changing the Ephesus. Uh, it's about changing who we are in the, on the inside. And let me tell you something. If you want to change your city, it's not about changing your model of church. It's about changing your idea of where the church is. You don't go to church. You are the church. Church doesn't start when service starts. Church starts when service is over. Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. So first change the mindset. I am church. I am church. I am church. So another lesson is, is, I love notes, is build your church on what God is calling for it to be, not based on what you don't want to be. Can I say it again? I thought I said it slow enough. Now, understand, I am illiterate. I'm just going to let y'all know. I know what I'm not. No, it's real. You can laugh. It's real, though. Like, I, I can't spell. I can't hardly read unless I'm reading my word. I have a learning disability. I have dyslexia. Uh, uh, and so I am a great candidate that God will use anybody. I'm trying to tell y'all right now. <laughs> right? But, but what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is, is, is you need to build your church and not off of what you're mad at, but what you're madly in love with. You, you, you see what I'm saying? Like, like, like if, you, if you keep building what you don't want to be, I don't want to be like my last church. I don't want to be like that church. I don't want to sing those songs. What happens is you'll build your church off of what you don't want to be and never what God's calling you to be. God never speaks vision in reverse. He speaks vision in the forward. He speaks vision in what's ahead. Right? God's not looking in the rearview mirror saying, man, I'm going to build a new church because I don't like that one. He's saying, man, I got something something else I want to do. Come on, John chapter 4. I need somebody to go through Samaria. There's no one being the church in Samaria. I need to build a new model. I know that there's going to be a woman at a well. There's a lot of racial tension there with Samaritans and Jews. But I need somebody to go to the city. I need somebody to put a church in the hood. There's a woman at a well that if you tap into her, you need to see. Here's the thing. He didn't change. Jesus didn't change. I want you to think about this. He didn't change the vehicle. He just changed the direction. Ooh, 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 Do you know that every other person would take a 70-mile route around Samaria? They would avoid Samaria to go to the house of God. But Jesus says, no, no, no. We have Samaria. Change. Change your direction. Change your route. Some of us need to take, watch this, a church detour. Is this helping you? So it's not about changing the song set. That'll come later. Because if you think you're going to just change a song set and you're going to Samaria and you're going to put all of your favorite songs, there'll be nothing on the menu for the Samaritan woman. She reached her city. So if the Samaritan woman's going to reach her city, there's going to have to be something in her context of church to Samaritan people. In other words, you can't. At my church, I'm O for white right now on the worship team. I'm O for white. I hire a white person, they don't stay. 
right? And, and I even, I have on my, on my worship set, we've got Hillsong, we've got Israel, we've got Todd Delaney, we've got a good mixture of worship because we're trying to, our church is 90% African-American and, and we're trying to push the thing forward in diversity here. And, and, but what I can't do, I don't know why, because we got everything on the menu, but what I have found that in the opposite, when people want to have diverse worship, they'll hire the black guy and ask him to be on stage but not sing. And then we're wondering why we're not reaching African-Americans when we got black people on the stage because you hired a sellout. And so what you want is uniformity, not unity. So you have to understand why you change. How many of y'all want to have a diverse church? If you don't, you're not godly. You're not a Christian. So build your church on what God is calling it to be. He says, be, be the gospel, be the church, be the hands and feet of Jesus. Come on, some be church at Sizzler, be church at Chick-fil-A, be church in the mall, be church at the traffic light when you want to cuss somebody out, be church. All right, so do y'all get that? All right, here's the next one. I said this, the why behind the what is more important than the what. So when we change our church, we were a title-driven church. Come on, somebody. That's apostle so-and-so. That's, that's deacon. And y'all come from that? And Come on, raise your hand. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. Okay. Y'all come from that? that that's, that's bishop so-and-so. That's, that's minister. Uh-huh. That's, that's armor-bearer. Come on, somebody. And y'all come from armor-bearer church, right? When you had the pastor had more armor people in the church? Come on, somebody. Like, I don't need nobody to carry my iPad. I'm good. I promise you, I can, it's not heavy. <laughs> and so I did this wrong. Now learn from me. I snatched everybody's title. First day, I, I got, I, I, let me tell y'all something. <laughs> True story. The whole board left the church the first day. My first day was horrible. I took over church about 700. My first Sunday was four. Talk about a blow to your confidence. Why? Because I didn't have an anointing to change. I just had a good idea that probably was a God idea. Not a good heart to do it. So some of you here today, and you're not the senior pastor. You're like, yeah, my senior pastor needs to change. No, you need to submit. Because guess what? You want change in your church? Honor what's already there. Uh, let me help you real quick because a lot of young guys, a lot of young people, and I don't. This is no judgment. This is just what I have seen because this was me. Come on, somebody. Um, is is that we don't understand? Well, well, they're not making right decisions, and they're you know uh, uh, they've they've made bad decisions, and they're in the news or whatever. Let me tell you something. Honor goes further than respect. So when you get the person, the Bible doesn't give you a pass not to honor them. So you got to submit, you got to lay it down, you've got to, what I have learned is when you serve the house, the house will serve you. I'm telling you right now, I've got a team who sent me this, who sent me my message today, and I met with them. I don't preach my own sermons. My whole team preached that, they, they uh, helped put that sermon together that I preached today. That's, that, why, why, you mean to tell me you give up that? Why? Because they've honored me, and I trust them. 
Uh-huh. And so now what happens is, is I took away all these titles because honor is universal. Honor just doesn't go up. It goes down. It goes all around. And so you have a, that's what I love about Highlands. They have a culture of honor. Right? And so, and so uh, what was I saying? I took away the titles. Thank you. Y'all going to need to bring me back. I took away the titles and, and I made everybody upset. I didn't take away the titles. Here, here's was my why. Because in such a title-driven church, if we're now going to be an outward church, not an inward church, I don't want homeless people waiting in line for the man of God to pray for them. Eat a burger. So what I have come to find out, now here's the why. And if you are in a title-driven church and you're the senior leader and you says, man, I may want to change this. What do I do? Here's the why behind the what. Because when people are carrying a title, it's hard for them to pick up a towel. But now I got a heart for that. Now, now I understand, man, we, that title, maybe they weren't dignified in anywhere of their life. And that title meant something to them. Mm-hmm. I read this book, and if you're changing your church, you should read this. Let me tell you this. I didn't read the book. I got the cliff notes. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever read a book through. People say, what's the leadership, the top 10 leadership books that you are reading right now? ESPN Magazine. <laughs> Restoration Hardware. Whatever is by the toilet. <laughs> That's what I'm reading. West Elm. <laughs> GQ. Whatever has pictures. I can't read. <laughs> Are y'all getting this? All right, here's the next thought. I keep getting ahead of myself, but write it down for note's sake. I'd implement the new without honoring the old. Oh, I I love this. Ready? Honor is the bridge of healthy change. Honor is the bridge of healthy change. I struggled with this because I had another message that told you how to change songs and everything. It doesn't matter. None of that will work unless you get this. I promise you. I promise you. All right, here's the next one. I love this one. You got to drip it before you drop it. And I'll take some coffee here. While y'all tweet that. You got to drip it before you drop it. So, scenario. This is an organ. We had an organ in our church for years. I have an organ now. It's just a Nord organ. But this is a big old B3. This is, this is denominational. This is, this is a foundation of the church. This is amazing. And, and I want to move this organ from here to here. Now, there's some people. I'm not talking about remove the organ. I'm just talking about move it. <laughs> Any of y'all know some people that'd be hard for just moving stuff, like, they messing with the song list. They messing, the offering supposed to be there. This is communion, the first Sunday, because in the Bible it says the first Sunday is supposed to be communion Sunday. And you moved it to first Wednesdays. Y'all, y'all, anyone there? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, where is that in scripture? 
Problem is, is this. If you all just noticed it because I moved it fast. But if there was one week you came in and it was here and I never said anything about it. Two weeks later, it was here. I never said anything about it. Four weeks later, it was here. I never said anything about it and so on and so on. And at the end of the year, it got here. Never knew it moved because I dripped it before I dropped it. If change is really an anointing and it's really God's idea, God's okay with a few years. God's, I, God's okay with a few weeks. I'm telling y'all something. Here's the worst thing you could do. How many of y'all have been like you, like, any of y'all got a nugget from this conference so far? Like you can't wait to go back and implement? Come on, come on, come on. Don't lie. Don't you lie. I'll call you out. Don't you lie. Right? Here's what, here's what young dumb leaders do that I did because I was, I was one. Go back and change everything. Scratch everything. We're starting something completely new. Pastor, um, we haven't even finished implementing the last conference you were at. Come on. Where y'all at? Where y'all at? Come on. I need some help. Anybody else done, has done that? Right? Okay. Okay. What was I saying before that? Slow. 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 Was the Red Sea parted in a day? I don't know. All I know is it was parted. Could God have snapped his fingers and created the heavens and earth and, and everything in a day? Yeah. But he's a fan of the process. So he did it. Over six. I changed every, for one year, we did not sing a gospel song at our church. This was the worst thing ever. <laughs> Honestly, here's what I didn't realize. I didn't realize that the tithers were on the choir. Some of y'all like, slow down. We need to slow this thing down. Pastor, senior pastor's like, yes, we need to slow this change down, because... How do you tick off the people that are paying your paycheck? Because we're supposed to, oh, watch this, pastor them through change, not push them through change. Pastor them through change, not push them through change. Drip it, go slow. Some of you want to do diverse worship in your church, and your church is used to clapping on the one. And, and, and you're going to be like, we're going to do that gospel song that they did, He Made a Way, and your drummer has no pocket. And what happens is, is all the black people that you have are going to be really ticked off. Because you just, what's that word, regention for, what's the word? I don't, that, a song.
a song. Yeah. And then it gets weird. Here's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians. Y'all know when he says, I became all things to all people in order to win. I told y'all I would do Q&A, so this, I, we'll stop here unless you want me to keep going. Because we won't have time for Q&A. I don't think all, I don't think I have full agreement, so. We'll do some Q&A. We'll save some Q&A. All the other people that are slow to change, see, everyone who says, keep going, those are the people that are going to get changed wrong. Uh-huh. Just do it. Then you just hear that, and everyone else is sitting there like, well, I kind of want Q&A. I got some questions. See how that works, though? It's that, it, it really is. That's a real thing. That was me. Just do it. All the, all, the, all the controlling people, yeah, just do it. Just speaking for the whole room. <laughs> Crucify him. Just speaking for everybody. Maybe it was just a few who said that, not the whole crowd. <laughs> That's a preach right there, won't it? But all the, you know, uh, all the dominant people, crucify him. Oh, well, he's kind of a good guy. I mean. <laughs> Drip before you drop. Uh, here's the next one. Your ideas weren't better. They're just newer. Watch this now. Changing. The package does not meant you change the contents. Woo, woo. When I was 16, I had a Hyundai Excel Red 16, 1992. No, that was when I graduated college, high school. 16, I was 1990. Red Hyundai Excel. Bought some bar rims. Where y'all at? Come on, come on. <laughs> put a homemade kicker box in the trunk. Homemade with six by nine speakers. No amp. Some of y'all have no idea what I'm talking about. Driving down the road. Have you ever seen those guys drive down the road with like a, a, a car that they spend a lot of money on the rims and, the, and all of that? Guess what, y'all? It was still a Hyundai. <laughs> Some like says, we need to get those haze lights. We need to get that smoke. We need to get that. We need to do this. We need to do that. And, and well, guess what? It's still the same church. You just covered it up with lights. Just covered it up with haze. We got to change the contents. We change the contents, contents through sermon series. We change the contents through being the change before we implement change. We change the contents through being at conferences. And watch this, my, Sean is here. Uh, Y'all give it up for Sean, he's right over here. Sean is waving everybody. That's, that's one of our, our board members. And, and, and we change the contents through bringing people who are connected to the change to stuff where they can get a revelation of it, not just the information from the top leader. Your best investment to these conferences is to bring your team. 
It is. Because they'll see something that you don't have to explain. He told me, he's, we got in the car, he says, we, we, don't know who you, we don't know who you are. What he was saying is, is it's, it's weird that, that people all over the country honor you and we don't. And I promise you, I don't think I'm a big deal. I promise you. I promise you this is weird for me. I promise you that what Pastor Miles did afterwards, I don't want that. I, I don't. Because I used to. But pain has been the best teacher that I could have ever had. I don't want that. I promise you. But what Sean is saying is, is, man, I got to see what God's doing in your life. We need to figure out how to get more people here. Forget me. What God's doing, what you want to happen in your church, when you get this appetite, when you get a taste for excellence, and you get a taste for growth track, and you get a taste for, don't just take it to them. Let them see it. We talked about the Holy Spirit in our church last week at our Red Leaders Conference because people have been trying to figure out, like, how do I get this balance? Right? Any of y'all trying to figure that out? Like, like three of y'all are baptized in the Holy Spirit? Okay, just trying to make sure who I'm talking to. Like, like how, do we, how do we have worship services that are still 35 minutes of speaking and an hour, 75 minutes with fitting in the Holy Spirit? Well, he also fits in the meetings. So when you're picking your worship list, just invite him in. Mm -hmm. It's just not a display of what's happening in the seats. It's also a display of what's happening in the meetings. As so we're trying to figure it out, and then I go to John 4, and this woman, she is so jacked up. She, she says this. Think about this. Do you even have a bucket? Do you have a well deep enough to handle my issues? Without the Holy Spirit, you ain't got no well deep enough. Not to handle homeless people. They don't need just... Three points in a close. There's some stuff that needs to break off as spiritual strongholds that need to break off that we need to have the kind of culture in our church that will help change that. All right, Q&A. Q&A. Questions. And I'm, it, yeah. Oh, Pastor, first of all, just, just thank you for your transparency and your honesty, man. It's such a breath of fresh air. And, uh, you know, just personally, the last two years, man, you've been ministering straight Thank to you. my heart, God man, and I've, I've needed your ministry, man. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, a lot of the change that you're describing uh, happens to be like, you know, systems and things like that. In, in my personal context with uh, growth in the church, I think some of the things that our church is dealing with is more relational. Uh -huh. uh, when you have pioneers and launch team members that you were just best friends with in the beginning yeah. and, and so accessible and, and, and then not that your time isn't as available mm -hmm. and you got to be the best steward of that time and spend it in the right places with the right people not offending people as you're creating those distances and creating those boundaries. How did you navigate that? Because when you took over and, and you made all those changes, obviously yeah. some people left and then now new people came. Yeah. What did you do to, to create those boundaries, to it. honor the people that still survived all of that and, and, and whatnot? So you're not going to learn from what I did right. So I'll tell you from what I did wrong. Uh, I didn't do it right. But here's what I would have told myself seven years ago. I would have started with an end in mind. 
So all of you who are launching churches, the day you start, guys, this is We are loving one another today. We are close. Guess what? In a year, as this church grows, it's not going to be the same. So I'm not going to wait until it changes to start talking about it. I'm going to talk about it well before it changes. So I'm going to begin with an end in mind. So I'm going to begin relationships with in mind that they're going to change. So I'm going to start preparing them for the change the day they begin. This would help me seven years ago. Because I would have said, hey, guys, our church is going to grow. New leaders are going to come. And here's the deal. Here's how we handle this successfully. If you will get my DNA and my heart, guess what? We have the same culture that we have right here in 10,000 people. But if you covet it and drink it all for yourself and consume it and not contribute it, consume it, and not give it out, when it's gone, it'll run out. Because here's what I was trying to say. Consume it and not be a conduit. So be, start with the end of mind. Next question. Hey, uh, what's fantastic, up? Man. That was incredible. I just have to say that. Thank you so much for that. Um, at the very beginning, you talked about change fatigue. And you said that after three changes, uh, the people get change. Uh, and I've seen that before. And I'm curious, first, are there smaller changes that that doesn't uh, contribute to? But then secondly, how would you prioritize which change is most important? So I, I think it all depends on the context that you're in uh, and, and the change that you're wanting to see. So if it's a, a major culture change like what we did, uh, uh, <laughs> um, I, I would have, the priority is the why behind the what. Any change, that's the priority. The first priority is, is am I, how are we going to do this? Not when, how. How are we going to do this? How long is this going to take? How, how about this? This is great right here. That's arrogant. It's not great. This is a good idea, I think, right? If, if, if we um, were to think about all of the obstacles, all of the issues, and put plans in place before they come up, so if I know that I'm going to make a change in a year, I'm going to program and project manage that change, backdate that, and then I'm going to put where in that calendar year are the issues that are going to come up with that change. And I'm already going to think of a solution before they even know there's a problem. So what I'm going to do in our case, which I wish if I would have told my old self, I would have dripped it to a few, let that few drip it to those they have influence with. So when I make the announcement, 50% of the room is cheering it because they already know what's coming. That's right. That's but I didn't do that. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, we got her. Okay, All right. So I'm going to beatbox if you'll freestyle, yeah? I'm I, don't, I can't freestyle, but I can rap. I got like old school, like DOS effects. And All right. I got some stuff <laughs> that you don't want to hear too, so. <laughs> no, that's good. So listen, uh, I'm coming into a new church plant about six months in. I wasn't a team or the dream team or anything like that but kind of walking along with the senior pastor. And I come from a corporate background where we do a lot of change management systems and things like that. Um, so you just kind of talked a little bit about project management and that type of thing. Have you used a system 
to like manage change management, right? Yeah. So, my executive pastor. That's my system. <laughs> He's smart. I'm not. So my system is find the person who is the best person to do it and release them to do it. I would have told my old self, let somebody else do it. And one of the things that I would have done different in this is, Pastor Rick said this in a different context, is delegate your D. So when people aren't, they're in the change, but they're not doing it well, don't be on your phone texting. Get this stuff right. I'm on the front row. When I'm on my phone, worship is awful because the worship team thinks they're in trouble. So now I've delegated my D. I just took my assistant, hey, um, as they think I'm singing lyrics. I'd be like, hey, uh, the sound sucks. Um, <laughs> can, you, can, you, can you have them fix that before I lose my mind? Can you, can you do that? So, so I, honestly, I know what I'm not. I don't know how to hide it. I don't know how to say it pleasant. So I delegate it, which means find the person who is the best at whatever you're trying to do and let them do it. And here's the deal, because if you do everything, you'll take all the L's when it doesn't work. Yeah. I like to give other people the L sometimes, just to see how they deal with it. See, it don't feel good, do it. Another question. Yeah, hi. Hi. Um, I'm, I'm uh, in a church in Zurich, Switzerland, and uh, my husband and I, we just merged our church together with another church there. And this church that we just merged with was 100 years old. One of the, I know, that's what I said. Uh, <laughs> and and what happened is that that it was it's it's got a it's an old AG church that's from way back but it's been amazing and it, it's it's a growing church still but it started going down a lot and what they found was that it was because it was um, because they weren't changing they weren't passing the baton they weren't moving forward so we brought our leaders here to grow to this um, we got 15 people here awesome. which is awesome. So what's, what we're trying to do, and my question to you is, how do we honor the, the old, the people going out and the people coming in and the young? We got, we, I feel like we're in the middle of this whole thing because we're, the, we're yeah. in the middle of this uh, generation of the younger and the older. And my, my son's one of the younger generation trying to help as well to bring in. And it's pretty hard. So, I mean, how do you honor the, the older generation on the way out and honor the new generation coming? I mean, you know what I'm saying? So I don't, I, I, here's the deal. I hear your question, and, and I don't know if this is an answer, uh, but I know this will help. Uh, everybody likes a party. And, and people don't recognize the details when the party's really good. So celebrate, celebrate the older generation. Celebrate the younger generation. Celebrate their differences. Celebrate their tenacity. Celebrate their energy. Celebrate their history. Celebrate what they've done, right? And then work on their change while you're celebrating. And they won't recognize. Two more. Two more. I'll, I'll, do it. I'll go over a little bit. Two more. No, I got Man, it's, it's such great stuff. I wonder, you talk about, you know, transitioning, you know, moving the old... Y'all got to go. You can go. But if you want to stay to hear the questions, like, you're not, like, bad or disrespectful if you're leaving. I get it. So... 
you know, okay, so you made some knee-jerk changes when you took the seat, okay? Yeah. And then now hindsight, you're looking back on, man, okay. Yeah. What changed in you in that season, and how did you manage the change in you to become where you are now? Oh, great question. I, I said this earlier, and I had an ADHD moment, and I lost it. Thank you. Uh, Paul said, I become all things to all people to win the more, right? L listen to the, the message version. It says, I entered into their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. And then it says this, I did it because of the gospel. When what I had for me is it had to take pain. And everything I talked about with me and my wife went through, everything I talked about with our church grew. See, our church grew fast, even though I changed. And I outpunted, I prayed for stuff that I didn't have the management skills to manage. And then we had a Gideon revival. So we had pain. And through that process of pain, I recognize that no matter what someone's struggling with, wouldn't it be the gospel message if we just entered into their world and tried to experience things from their point of view? So when I did that, I, think, I thought about all the people that I caused to leave our church because of my dumb young mind, and I entered into their world and tried to experience what it felt like to get their church pride away from them by a guy who's been in the pulpit for two seconds. One more. How did it, how did change look to affect your family? I went through the same thing. We took over my dad. Um, my dad turned it over to my husband, which is the son-in-law. My sister thought she should have gotten it. When he didn't give it to her, he passed away and all of the family left. Yeah. And left us here. Yeah. And so it was kind of like, and even till today, the transition after seven years is still going on. We still have an office that's set aside just for my mother that comes once a month. Yeah. Everybody else is gone. It, Where you, what how, city are you and in? And how do we What move? city are you in? Houston, Texas. So, Sean, afterwards, you can get our contact because... That needs healing. And so we're going to pray for you right now, number one, because only the spirit of God can change that. And family wounds are the worst wounds. They run the deepest. And I will say this, because of how I changed, uh, I didn't talk to my mom for almost four years. And uh, we reconciled two, three years ago. And God has brought complete healing to our, to our whole family, even though she has another church 15 minutes away. So it was brutal. Let's stretch your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray for my sister here. And Father, I just pray that what the enemy meant for bad, that you would turn around for good. Father, that there would be revival in this family before there's revival in that city. Father, I pray, God, that what she has sown in tears in this season, that there'll be a season that she'll reap in joy. And God, that you would give her double for her trouble. In the name of Jesus, I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to go in and for, that there will be forgiveness where there's no forgiveness, that there will be joy and peace and love and gentleness. Father, I pray for even some of the strong personalities, God, that you would teach them how to be meek through this situation. You make all things new. And if it's not good yet, you're not done yet.
So make it all work together for her good. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys.